0: I'm Peg Tuttle, and welcome to The Incredible Eye Show. I have a great show for you this week. I have IBM champion Scott Clements joining me in studio. For Scott, technology is a family affair. He shares how he got his start on the IBM platform. We talk about top trends, which include REST APIs, open source, and DevOps CICD pipelines. He shares his favorite RPG updates coming in December. Scott is an IBM champion, speaker, mentor, coach, author. We've got a good one for you this week, folks. Welcome to the show, Scott. All right, everybody. Welcome to the incredible iShow. It is my absolute pleasure to have Scott Clements on the call with me today. Welcome to the show, Scott.
1: Thank you, Peg. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh my gosh, I am super, super excited to have you here. As we always do here on the show, Scott, we'd like you to start by talking a little bit about Scott. Tell us your history, how you got started in the AS400 IBM iSpace and you know how you got here. So give us a little information. Well,
1: thanks. I'm, I'm, it's fun to have somebody interested in me. I started because my dad worked for IBM back in the late 60s and early 70s. And he worked on the IBM System 3. He would go and set them up and do the programming. Back in those days, IBM, when they sold the system, it came with an engineer to come and write your software for you. And so that was what my dad did, is he would set them up and write their software. And it reached a point where he couldn't go any higher in IBM. He couldn't get get, get any further with his job without moving somewhere else and he had started a family he had a little guy named scott who uh he didn't want to move so he decided to leave ibm and go to my family's company so my my grandfather and his brothers started a sausage company back in 1956 and my dad went from ibm to clement sausage and brought all of his computer knowledge and he set up oh, the system 3 my. there
0: oh my and gosh. wrote all
1: the company's software and. As a little guy, I could go into the office where my dad was running the computer systems and start to use them. So I worked originally on the IBM System 3 and then the System 34, 36, AS400, and of course, today's power systems with IBM I.
0: Oh, and I just, I gosh. always
1: have loved computers. I've just kind of grown up with them and I just, I just have always loved working with them. And as, yeah. as I got old enough, I had my own um, computer at home. I had it. I started with the Apple II series and moved into the PC series later. I've experimented with lots of different things. I've used uh, Unix for a while. And then I brought that technology to Clement sausage. When I, when I, uh, after I graduated, I ended up working in Clement Sausage in the maintenance department, doing things like refrigeration repair and that sort of thing. But then I there was an opening in IT, and I, I went into IT, working for my dad, and ended up becoming the manager and uh, doing most of the programming and and guiding all of the all the IT operations for the company. And so we 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 would set up Unix machines in the departments that would control all of the printing and, and other things like the packaging machines and things like that. And then they would communicate back to the IBMI, which was an essential location. So I got to know the UNIX environment very well and I got to know the IBMI very well. Well, and thankfully the way, the way the industry has been going, a lot of that UNIX technology has been brought over to IBMI in the form of the PACE environment and the open source tools and Qshell shell and so forth. So learning all of that has been very easy for me. And I've been able to assist a lot of other people. And I found just a lot of joy in teaching people. So at Clements, I became the manager and I would hire and coach people there. And I I loved that. And over time, I've become more of a mentor than a coach, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And trying to just like really give people what they need to excel. I just love bringing experienced people, but helping them or bringing in just brand new people onto the platform and watching them grow. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most rewarding things to see another person, you know, another human being with all the same feelings and thoughts and needs that I have and watch them become a superstar because of me. I just, it's just so fulfilling.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that. What a great description. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that we need more of today or more more people like you who are willing to mentor and coach um, the, you know, kids as they grow up and get into college, get into their work life and, you know, just create that environment for themselves. So that is so great. Okay. I had no idea that you were a part of the Clement Sausage family. I mean, in all honesty, oh my gosh, I'm super. So, do you get free sausage all the time?
1: <laughs> I do not get free sausage. When, when I worked there, they had free sausage that you could eat in the lunchrooms.
0: Mm-hmm. But okay. that's
1: other th- other than that, no, you just got a discount, and you uh, could you could you could buy it discounted from the warehouse, but. And my family ended up selling the company. i left I left Clements oh. about ten years ago, and my family sold the company about eight years ago,
0: okay. okay, because
1: my dad's generation had taken over running the business, and they were at retirement age, and they wanted the the money that they had invested in the company to retire on. Mm-hmm. So they sold it. and the my generation had never besides me had never really gotten into the business. So oh wow, didn't make sense to keep it in the family's hands anymore.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, what a great, what a great history. I had no idea that your dad actually worked for IBM. And when you said that, you know, he would actually go out and install, so he would install the hardware and then write the, write the packages or write the software that the customer needed. So he was kind of a hardware and a software guy.
1: Right. So back yeah. in the early days that was how IBM sold these systems. Mm-hmm. When you bought the system, a, a systems engineer would come in and set it up. I he couldn't do I don't think he could do like hardware repairs, but he could mm-hmm. he could do setup and he could and then he would write your software for your business. And IBM ended up getting hit with an antitrust suit because of that because they were becoming something of a monopoly with with coming in and doing that back in those days. You'd never say that today, but that's that's what it was back then.
0: Oh wow. Wow, I had no idea. Wow, what a great history. I I I absolutely love that. Thank you. And so you are um now working for mid-range dynamics. I know you just started uh, a position with our team here. So that's really exciting. We're very excited to have you here with us. So that's wonderful. But then, um, in addition to that, I know that you do a lot of speaking um, for Common and other organizations, be um, heavily involved in user groups. I see your name everywhere. Um, you're on the Common Board of Directors, you are on the education team there. So you've got uh, a, I, I think just a really rich history with regards to fulfilling that um, that, you know, helping to educate peace, with all of right. those things. Yeah,
1: it's mm-hmm. more that what I was saying before. I just love helping people and watching them improve and grow. Mm-hmm. This all started with me just writing things myself and putting them on the web, and people found that and asked me to start helping with other things. So. Yeah, I became a speaker. I became an author. You're uh, an things, IBM
0: i champion, an IBM champion. I am a champion
1: as well. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, all very exciting. Yeah, so, so
1: so that's what that's all about. I just we have a very special community in this platform. I don't know of any other platform. So, like I said, I was very active in the Unix environment at, at one point, and I've also worked in the Windows side and mm-hmm. we just have an amazing community on the IBM world that they don't have in those other places. Mm-hmm. People get to know each other, we can reach out to experts when we need to. We we just have a great ability to collaborate with other people in the community that you just you just don't see that level of anywhere else. Yeah. And common to me sort of represents that community. Mm-hmm. So I got involved in common through the through it, first a speaker and then the education team and now the um, now on the board of directors, where I also am in charge of innovation and certifications. and it's just been again very rewarding for me yeah. to use this to help as many people as possible, and that's why I participate in the online discussion forums and mm-hmm. and speak at user group events and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, I I just um Scott, I am absolutely just blown away. I had no idea. I people are going to love hearing your story. This is so wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I know that you know we are going to get started here talking a little bit uh about you know, some of the trends that we're seeing in the the space. Um, You know, we always do a pre-call, everybody, and a couple of the things that Scott mentioned um, are definitely, um, you know, kind of hot topics right now. So let's go ahead and just kind of talk a little bit about that, Scott. So, you know, when we were chatting, you know, there were three very specific things that came up in our call. We were going to talk about REST APIs open source, and, you know, DevOps, uh, CICD, and agile development. So, you know, I want to have you just kind of talk a little bit about each of these points. Um, you know, the importance of, you know, REST APIs. Why is this uh, such a hot topic right now? You know, and why is it important to our IBM I community that they explore and maybe embrace this new technology? And it's not even new. Uh, It's been around for a very long time. But, you know, there's some things that have happened in the space that, um, you know, are kind of, you know, uh, pushing people towards, you know, exploring this technology and using it.
1: Yeah. APIs and, well, originally called web services started in the early 2000s and became popular. And they, you know, they were already a major part of the industry. But then what happened was cloud computing came along. Mm-hmm. And cloud computing has kind of taken the world of IT by storm. Now, as a software guy, it really shouldn't make any difference to me if my software is in the cloud or not. I'm just mm-hmm. logging on to a computer and doing my work. Obviously, it makes a huge difference to the system admins because they are either working for the cloud company or they Aren't having to admin the cloud systems because someone else is able to do it, and it makes a big difference to the hardware people because again, you know that the hardware isn't in house. So, as a developer, what impact does it have? Well, the Im- the impact is that part of your application is running on a computer out on the internet somewhere. That's the cloud part. Mm -hmm. And some of it is running on-premises because we can't just have everything instantly go to the cloud. And a lot of stuff is very valuable to continue to be on your premises. So how do you make this software integrate? And we were already familiar with web services and APIs for other things. And it just was the perfect fit. It just fit together that we could integrate our applications very seamlessly using APIs. And because of that, the snowball keeps getting bigger and bigger and gaining momentum. The APIs just become more and more an important part of our business, our business applications.
0: Yeah. And I I know that as I have you know, um, as a salesperson, as I talk to people and, you know, as they start to explore, you know, one of the things that, you know, uh, folks in the IBM i space always, you know, they're, they're quick to, well, they're not quick. Um, (laughs) they are always a little hesitant, you know, they're, watching what the market's doing. They're listening to, you know, what's very popular right now. How are are people using it? Um, And then kind of waiting and watching to see if it actually is going to stick. And I know that was something that we kind of chatted about was, you know, what's the buzz right now? And I think for a while there, you know, REST APIs had a buzz and but now I think they're actually really here to stay. More and more people are inquiring about it. They want to know more, um, you know, with how they can, you know, bring it into their environment and open it up, open up their applications to um, the outside world, if you will. I know uh, Stu Milligan calls it, you know, just a, you know, a handshake, a friend, you know, a, a friendly handshake of information and securing that data. So. Um, Do you have any advice for people as they are just getting started with REST APIs? Um, Just anything, you know, to help them kind of, you know, take those first steps, those baby steps and, you know, um, just.
1: So what you're saying about our community watching and making sure that the technology is here to stay before they start using it. I wanted to comment on that a little bit. You have to yeah. understand, in order to understand what's going on, you have to understand that we have businesses that are running the world. Like the world as we know it today would not function without the IBMI platform. And I I, I, I can't totally tell you details agree. on that, but it, it mm-hmm. is true that a lot of the infrastructure and things that we use to make our world run today is running on IBM i. And if it weren't, We'd be you know in big trouble. And so with that in mind, you can't take huge risks in our on our platform. People in our platform tend to wait and make sure that what they're investing their time and money in is something that's solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so where other platforms, uh, Windows, Mac, Linux might jump on something and then it ends up being a trend and then it fades out. Mm-hmm. the IBMI community tends to be maybe five years behind them, and they find out that this trend isn't going to fade out. It's been around, and it's going to be very successful before they start using it. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about how important our systems are and what's running on them. With regards to getting started with APIs, and APIs at this point are not a, a new trend. There's something that you know has been strong for a long time at this point. IBM does provide a free tool called the Integrated Web Services, which is a pretty easy on-ramp to get started. It is limited in what it can do, but it will help you get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. And then you can learn. I like to learn actually how to write them myself without any tools, like just writing all the code myself. And then you can see really how it works and what goes into it. But then when you get to the point where you are making this a major part of your applications that you're going to have to maintain every day. You need a tool that's going to make that as easy as possible for you so that you aren't spending a lot of time messing around with writing a lot of the plumbing and the details and so forth, but rather the tool can help you out and and make you more productive. And that's where you start looking at the commercial tools that are out there in the industry, such as MD rest for I or some of our competitors. And these tools just make make it easy for you to organize your APIs and to get them up and running quickly. And it just just makes you much more productive.
0: Yeah, you know what? I guess um I just think about like um a few of the, you know, the webinars that I've attended over the years and um, you know, especially in the last you know, three or four, it just seems to really, REST APIs has, you know, grown some legs and has uh, taken off in our environment. So that's that's interesting. I really, I like talking about REST APIs. So now I, I want to just kind of move us into open source. And I know that this is something that um, you have been a part of. Um, you've worked a lot in open source over the years. And uh, for a lot of our users, um, you know, they're just not so sure how to get started with, um, open source. And I, I know that IBM has made, you know, downloading open source to the IBM I with yum, um, yeah, uh, easier process, but you know, when it comes to, you know, our our RPG developers, you know, getting started with open source, what, what do you think about that? What are some ways that they can transition or, um, you know, help help them to learn more, learn quickly. What are what are your some of your thoughts on that?
1: So, first of all, what is open source? It's a process by which software is crowdsourced, if that makes sense. The community can build software together mm-hmm. without having to have a commercial entity behind it. And it's available to everyone. Everybody gets the source code, it's open to everyone, everyone can distribute it, sort of everyone owns it. It's it's sort of publicly owned, but they're you know, people who have done a lot of work and it tend tend to get attributions, but it's not it's not something that's locked down to the point where no one else can work on it. Mm-hmm. So that's what open source is. It's it's a, just a kind of a broad concept. And I have been doing op- open source on IBM i before we even had the PACE environment on the system. And people people today tend to think when they hear open source, they tend to think of the PACE environment, but it that's that's not really what open source is. Open source is just software that's open under an open license and so i've been doing it in regular rpg programs and source members for more than 20 years at this point so but most of the time when people are talking about open source on the platform what they're really interested in is the programming languages that are available through the open source you know know, they're free languages that you get you can get the source code for the language itself and so on and Most of the time when people are developing this, they're not actually developing an open-source application. They're building regular applications for their business. They're just using open-source tools Mm -hmm. to do that. So getting started is not that difficult. You do want to learn something of the PACE environment so that you understand how to run commands. You understand an optimal way to connect to it and, and be comfortable in that environment. And you'll need to mostly learn how to use the tools and the languages. As a developer, you need to know how to use tools like Yum, which installs packages. So you can think of Yum as kind of being like an app store or a play store, except mm. it's not graphical. It's text. And it's free. You don't have to pay for the apps. So you can go in there. You can tell it, I want to search for any app that does Python and it will give you a list of all the things out on the world that you can install that have the word python in them and then you can tell it install and you can tell it maybe a version of python or maybe mm-hmm. an add-on for python or whatever it is that you're looking for and then you can search for i want to create excel spreadsheets and you can install that on your system and it'll give you a module that as a programmer you can call into routines to create excel spreadsheets or whatever it is that you want to do sure. so there's There's millions actually of free things out there between Node.js, Python, PHP. You know, Mm -hmm. all of the all of those kind of the main big things that run directly on the system, like the languages themselves: Node, Python, PHP, Mm -hmm. Java. uh, All all of that stuff is installed through Yum. But then within those languages, they tend to have their own little package managers, similar package managers to Yum. So Python has one called PIP, and Node has one called NPM, where you can go in and install, you know, there's thousands and thousands of more things that you can install through those. So it's just an endless amount of free software that you can grab and use. And they tend to be just little pieces that you call from within your programs to make applications. So it just greatly speeds up the process of building your applications. And the other advantage to this environment is that these are the the languages that people are learning in college Mm -hmm. today. So when someone comes out of college and you're looking to hire somebody at the entry level, you don't have to try to find somebody who codes RPG or COBOL, which tends to be very difficult to find yeah. coming out of school. And you don't have to teach them these things from the ground up. Though I do recommend that you do, but because you know there's a lot of value in, in maintaining your existing stuff. But if you bring in somebody who is a Node.js developer or a Python programmer out of school, you can get a, get them up and running on your platform right away. And then as they're on the job, they can, you know, set aside some time to learn the existing languages that are on sure. the platform and, and get started with those too. So it, it makes it a lot easier to get started on the platform when we've got these mainstream languages mm-hmm. that people are learning in school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do have, you know, Common has uh, additional resources for helping to learn RPG or, you know, Jim Buck has... Um, you know uh empower over there so if if companies need you know additional resources um they're definitely out there to help the um the the young guy and gal coming out of school to learn you know RPG
1: one of my babies that common was the boot camp series
0: oh, when yeah.
1: when I I got to the point where I was the board liaison to the education team so we mm-hmm. have kind of the leadership of the education team is is me plus Kim Greeny who's the strategic education team leader and Ian Cartwright is the staff uh, manager of education and so the three of us are figuring out what to do and one of the things we kept hearing from people is when i hire somebody new how do i train them in rpg or how do i train them in just ibmi in general yeah and we kept hearing this and common is known for conferences and we started thinking well should we have classes on this at conferences mm-hmm. and it really didn't make sense because you don't want to hire someone and then have to wait until the next conference to train them right and so the conferences tend to be filled with people who are just going to learn what's changing or pick up new skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than rather than people that need to be completely onboarded and so we the idea that we came up with was let's make a video series that is available at any time. We'll call it boot camps, and we started putting these together. And I was part of the leadership of the very first one, which was the RPG one for Common, mm-hmm. and I was a huge part in in building that and organizing the speakers and everything to make that. And it has proved tremendously successful. Oh, yeah. So, if you have a common membership, these are available to you. There's no extra charge beyond your membership dues. Once you're a common member, you can go on there and and train your you know use these boot camps to help train you or onboard your new people in Mm -hmm. RPG, in system administration, Mm -hmm. in security, a, a whole variety of topics. So that program has been extremely successful, and it's just it's just really nice to have something like that cuz so many schools don't teach this stuff so you can right. bring in somebody who's got IT experience and then you know you just give them these videos to get started with to help them get you know get on to the system and get going with it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i and you can keep accessing them so if you have to go back you can you know review and review the information again and you know just kind of um just it, you know, because we get so busy, right? And it's a, a matter of just having access to it. And then I know that you guys are going to be building out some new boot camps, so that'll be that'll be fun to hear about in the coming months. Yeah,
1: well, we are continuing to evolve and add new boot camps. We're mm-hmm. not ready to announce them publicly no. at this point, but we are working on coming out with more and more and more because these things have, have proven to really be a big help to people.
0: Yeah, very beneficial. With,
1: with regards to what you're saying about how you can stop the video or go back and re you know, rewind and rewatch part of the video. It's not just because you're busy and you get interrupted. But also, how many times have you listened to a lecture and you try to taking notes and re- realize that you couldn't keep up with the person? Yeah. <laughs> so here you can pause the person, right? So yeah. that's, that's a very helpful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, I think, you know, we hear about this a lot, um, especially here on the podcast. You know, we've had um, lots of folks come on and talk about, you know, the my number one issue, or it's at the top, in the top five anyway, is, you know, that, that skill gap. Um, how do I bring on new folks, get new talent in the door and have them pick up and learn one, you know, RPG or, you know, whatever languages you might be using and then go and, you know, they're going to develop a new heart, uh, new applications to help run and drive the business. But then they also have to be learning the business, you know, and getting that sage knowledge, you know, from um, you know, the other programmers before they retire, if you will.
1: And there's there's always going to be some degree of that because you have to learn the specific business. And those are the people who know it the best. But a lot of that can be simplified by them coming in and getting familiar at least with the platform and the environment through these boot camps. And, and yeah, if, yeah, if you go go to conferences and talk to people about their concerns or you look at the surveys that the various organizations do, it's always what you hear over and over and over again is, I'm having trouble finding people to, ha- to replace the people that are leaving. I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. finding people with knowledge on the platform. So yeah. you can bring in somebody with, with IT experience just to just to prove that they have that kind of mindset and that kind of skill. Yeah. It doesn't matter what their IT experience is in, it can be in any platform and then send them over to our boot camps at Common and get them started with with our platform and yeah. and they can pick that up because they you know they have the mindset, you know they have the right sure. type of skills. They just have to learn our particular way of doing it and you've got a person. So that's Yeah. That's the idea.
0: That's very exciting. Yeah. And you know what I love hearing? um, And when we are talking about, you know, being at the conferences, I love the networking. I love that face-to-face. I don't know about you, but um, going back to in-person conferences at Power Up in New Orleans was electrifying. And I've said it a thousand times. I, I absolutely love it. But the thing that you get is the That face-to-face conversation, the availability of everybody to talk with you, help you with your problems. But one thing that I really enjoyed hearing um, is from these, the young guys and gals that are attending the conferences, when they they say, you know what, I had no idea that IBM I was as powerful as it is, as awesome as it is. And, you know, those are the things that we need to continue just to shout from the rooftops. You know, this is just a wonderful platform. So, and this is why, you know, so yeah, thanks for saying that.
1: Well, it's always a challenge. How <laughs> do you learn the things that you don't know you need to mm-hmm. learn?
0: Mm-hmm. Things you don't know. Right? How do yeah. you
1: hear about the things that you don't know you need to learn until you hear about it? And that's where these conferences are second to none. You talk to people, you find out what they're doing, and you hear about yeah. this thing that you had no idea existed. And it's going to make your job way better. Mm -hmm. And you have people that you can call on later when something new comes up. If I have an issue with disaster recovery, for example, I might call on someone that I met at Common because I'm not an expert in disaster recovery. Yeah. But I know people at Common who are or they might have a programming issue that they don't know how to do and they may call on me. So,
0: yeah,
1: the, the networking is such such a critical thing. And people don't realize this. They don't especially the younger people coming in, they just think, well, if I need something, I'll Google it. But the problem with that is you have to have the right words to search for or you can't find it. You, you'll you never right. find out things you don't already know that you need that way. Mm-hmm. When you go in person, it, it's just, it's so much more valuable. And that's one of the things I love about the Common Education Foundation who brings students in is that, they are always, you know, they come in kind of going, ah, I don't know if I really need to do this, but somebody else is paying for it, I'll check it out. And they just they just leave with their minds blown. They're just yeah. so excited about yeah. what they were able to learn. And it that changes the whole world to have people realize, oh my goodness, this can really make a big difference in my career. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. If you haven't been to one of these things, Get involved. Try it out. Talk to people. Don't just sit in your hotel room or just go to educational sessions. So definitely go to those. You know, that's that's my yeah. area. So yeah. You have to go to them. But uh, talk to people, get mm-hmm. to know people, talk to people in the exposition hall. You'll, you'll just be amazed at the stuff that you can pick up just just by making friends, so to speak.
0: Yeah. 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 Listening to conversations, you know. Um, Being a part of a conversation or, you know, if you have a problem with something and you bring it up during a session, somebody else in that session might have the same issue or had had the same issue. And, you know, now you're brainstorming together on how to how to solve your issue. And one of the other groups, one of the other groups that I want to call out here is our N2I group um, that is a part of Common. And these folks are new to I. And it's not just the young folks, it might be, you know, somebody who's been on the platform for a while in one area of business and is making a change to another area of business. And, you know, they want to network with other folks that um, might have you know, that inform that expertise, if you will, or get more information about that area. So like, you know, when I think about security, I think about there's a lot of people that are exploring security now that are a part of a different group. You know, that maybe they're a developer, maybe they're an admin, and now they are being asked to learn more about security. So come to N2I um to network with like-minded folks um and also Get the, maybe the basics about, you know, this new area or an area that you're interested in.
1: The great thing about N2I, if you think about it, and we've all been here, right? Mm -hmm. You can sit in a room with a bunch of people who are experts and you have a question and you don't feel like asking it because you're going to look silly because you know that everybody knows this and it's really easy for them, right? Right. (laughs) And that is exactly where N2I shines is these are people who we know going in are fresh to the platform or to whatever job role they've just, you know, maybe moved into. They're new and therefore they're in the same boat. So you get to sit and you don't have to worry about being embarrassed at asking a silly question because they all are in the same boat. And it's just, it's just, it's a wonderful place. And, Mm -hmm. and as, as someone who really enjoys <laughs> helping new people get started, it's also a very wonderful place for me because I can go in there and meet some of the people and I can, you know, assist them and give them tips and give them directions that make me feel good because they're able to improve and so forth.
0: Yeah.
1: So N2I is a wonderful, wonderful program.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, the um, Marina Swank and Anamara and uh, Shelley... Petty have been working really hard to, um, you know, help grow that, that um, committee and that group and that um, by providing just excellent content, they do two meetings a month, one with a, you know, like a systems X or a uh, expert in the community um, talking about, you know, very relevant things and then doing another meeting, which is very open forum to, you know, having discussions, bouncing questions off of each other. And, you know, like you said, just helping, helping each other out. So, yeah, it is a great group. I've, I've been really impressed with the stuff that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I full, I fully agree with you there. So, and, and as you said, they, there's usually one meeting with an expert who has, been told yes we want to we want to focus your session on people who are new so when they come in and teach it their their level that they're speaking at is aimed at people who mm-hmm. are new so that you don't have to go to a session that's going to be over your head because this is really aimed at new people and then even to me even more important is the the other session the sort of happy hour where we just have a round table and talk to each other and get to know mm-hmm. each other and network to me that's that's just the best just getting to meet people and so forth and knowing who you can reach out to or make friends with.
0: Yeah. Just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I know that um, I want to just kind of change gears here a little bit. There is an update coming to RPG in December and you had a couple of your favorite enhancements that are coming and i was hoping you could talk about that.
1: So these new enhancements haven't actually been released, they've been announced, but they will probably see the PTFs to install them on IBM i 7374 and 75 in December. And the thing that i'm most excited about is a new option on RPG prototypes. So if you're not familiar with prototypes, the concept behind a prototype is it tells how to call your program. It tells what parameters your program takes, what data types they have to be and so forth. And the new keyword that was added is called options convert. And this allows you to pass different data types. So for example, if you're calling a sub procedure that accepts a character parameter, but your data happens to be in a numeric field or a date field or some other type that's not just a plain text string, If you have options convert, it will automatically convert it. And where that's very helpful is that you can write much more general purpose routines. So you can have utilities that can be called from just about anywhere. They don't have to worry that their variables aren't the right type. They can just call yours and pass whatever they have. And the options convert will automatically convert them into typically into a character, because that's the general purpose format. It could also be a Unicode character field. And once it's been converted, your routine can work with it and return something back. And so that routine can be used from everywhere very easily. It just makes it just makes your routines just so much more versatile. So I, I'm really excited about that.
0: Nice. You had said that there were a couple of these golden nuggets. So I just want to make sure that you are getting it all out here.
1: <laughs> well, the other one that that they just came out with is a concatenation built-in function. And it's for okay. concatenating either strings or arrays. And that's, that's really neat because uh, a, a few enhancements back, they added a, a built-in function called split. So if you have a list of, you have a character string that has a list of things, for example, separated by commas, split can split them out into an array. So maybe you've got comma separated data. Maybe it's like fields in a file that are separated by commas. Just an example. Split will split those into an array. So you can have an array of character strings and the first piece of data goes in the first array element and the second one goes in the second element. And what concatenate a in the array form of concatenate does, is it goes the other direction. So you can have all your data in array and you can put it all back together and separate each piece with a comma. Or you could use that for something like building IFS path names. So an IFS path name tends to be directory names separated by slashes and then at the end, the actual file or object name. So you could use you can put the pieces together, they could be an array or they could just be a a series of strings that get put together, and it'll allow you to insert that slash in between them all, just automatically as part of this built-in function. So it's a very useful and powerful tool. It's nothing that we couldn't do with code before, but it just is going to make our coding so much easier.
0: Easier, yeah. And then the
1: the other new enhancement is, Working with different character sizes, for example, if you work with UTF-8 Unicode, each character in a string can vary between one and four bytes in length, and that can make things kind of challenging. If you're using it with something like a substring, you don't want a substring like in the middle of a character by accident, because you gave a byte position that happens to be in the middle of a three or four character or by, three or four byte long character. So with this new feature, um, this character feature, it it'll allow you to work with them in, in this sort of natural mode where it will position based on the character and it'll figure it out based on the character position rather than the byte position. So so those are the those are the big enhancements that we're going mm. to see coming in December. And those are all very helpful if, if you work with that. A lot of people aren't working with Unicode yet, so that's probably the one that's the least interesting. But if you are working with it, that it's a big deal. And the other two, I think generally everyone could find use for.
0: Awesome. Again, IBM just trying to make the lives of our, our people better. I love it. Hands down. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to make sure that we got those golden, Scott's golden nuggets <laughs> into the show. That's great. Um, Awesome. Well, we've covered a lot today, Scott, and I... I I know we just you know went Peg. Over... Now
1: I want some chicken nuggets.
0: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> oh well, I don't know what to to do there. You could maybe order, you know, Uber Eats and have it delivered. Could do that maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So we've covered a lot today. And I want to, before we go into our one incredible thing for the show, I just want to make sure that, you know, if there is anything that you want to uh, just share with the listening audience, um, things that you think, you know, whatever you think might be important to get off your chest right now. Maybe you have a a great bad dad joke you want to share. Um, But, you know, I just, (laughs) Scott's got great bad dad jokes, by the way, everybody. Um, I just want to make sure that, you know, if there's something that you want our listening audience to know, that you have this opportunity to share it. So, um, Scott, is there, it's open mic. Um, Anything that you need to or want to share with everybody that we haven't covered today?
1: Well, this, the mink, uh the an animal the mink had a furry scarf and people said it was stole um, <laughs> <Da-da-da. so that's laughs> really terrible jokes i i have a I have a whole series of these like i forgot how to throw a boomerang but i tried it and it came back to me Yep. <laughs> or why why am i having trouble getting this bicycle to stand up well because it's too tired
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I so like I it. have
1: all sorts of of silly jokes mm-hmm. I could go on for a long time. The other thing that that we didn't talk about is a, what I see coming down the the road in the world of programming is just changing our whole development style to use uh, CI/CD and agile yeah. programming and
0: yeah
1: and DevOps and that, to me, is is going to be a big adjustment because if you look at where the world is, the world of IT has reached that sort of point where it's serious now. It's no longer just this new thing that early adopters are experimenting with. We've learned that it saves people a great deal of time. I think it was 41% of their time, and it also – is something that at this point, point seventy-seven percent of people in IT. And this is this is the whole world of IT, not just IBMi, but seventy-seven percent of people now either are using it or are intending to use it, and the the amount of money being spent on it has grown from seven billion last year to what expects to be more than twenty billion by twenty twenty eight. So it, yeah. it's a huge huge thing that that. We're going to see, and as we tend to be, our community tends to be a little bit um, later to join these things, what we're going to find is that we're going to get to the point where we're joining these things very soon, and all of our programming shops are going to need to change to use these different methodologies. And what really makes it efficient and helpful and productive is the automation part of it. So CICD, constant integration, constant uh, deployment. Mm-hmm or constant delivery. I've heard it called both things.
0: Yeah, I have it, too.
1: It, um, if you can set that up and automate it, that saves just a, a lot of time. You can get your quick little, because that's the point of Agile, right, is to get quick little changes done without yeah. having to wait till a big release cycle. Yeah, You can get that stuff put in very quickly and easily, and you can have spots in the workflow for people to, Approve it and so forth. So that to me, this this is the big up and coming thing that we're going to see lots and lots and lots of programming shops switching over to in the future.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. We're hearing about it now. And how does the RPG or how does the IBM i shop incorporate, um, you know, that DevOps um, pipeline, the continuous integration and continuous development? How are they doing that, and and what do th- what changes do they need to make? I know that a lot of times um, in the past, I mean, I've been in this market a very long time, as you, and, you know, I. it's not just about the IBM I, It's about everybody in the shop, the .NET folks, you know, all of the developers um, that run the business, both sides of the shop, working together and integrating those This all of the changes and updates that need to happen together i think it really is kind of forcing everybody to get together
1: the big tools that the most of the people outside of the IBM i world are using are they're using git to yep. manage changes to their source and then they've got hooks in git that are causing automations to occur and what what it what it, they'll do is they'll use a service provider like azure mm-hmm. or gitlabs or github And they'll install hooks on those servers that will kick off the CI C D. And the most common tool for a CI CD is called Jenkins. And a lot of the times, because the other areas, the Windows and open source people, tend to be the ones that are trying the stuff out earlier, Mm -hmm. they also tend to be trying to put pressure on the IBM I shops to go with these tools. The problem that a lot of shops are going to face in IBMI though is that you're not always just working with source. So if you're you're working in PHP or if you're working in um, other languages, uh, Node.js or um, Python or Ruby or something that's not a compiled language, you can just use those tools as is and it'll be fine. But when you get to something that's stored in source members and has to have a compiled object like RPG or COBOL or CL, these tools don't always fit. And that's where you're, you're going to probably, you can either write your own. I mean, you, you can think about that. If your job is to have a way of automatically testing, automatically compiling, automatically installing your software, well, you could certainly write CL programs and so forth to do that. Or you could use another scripting language besides CL, like uh, make files are, are very good for that type of thing. They're kind of designed around that thing, but you still have to write all of the code to run the compile commands, and so forth. And, and if you want to save yourself all of the headaches of having to write all of that and just make it streamlined as much as possible, that's where you want to look at a commercial tool. So uh, a tool like our own MDCMS or some of our competitors out there already have tools that do this. Mm-hmm. And we can integrate with things like Git or Jenkins, or we can do the jobs that Git and Jenkins do as just part of the, the tool. Mm-hmm. and and. That's a thing that a lot of people don't realize is even though these, this whole talk about DevOps is all new terminology and new stuff. If you're already working with a change management system, you're probably using at least some, if not all of the concepts that yeah. are in this already. You just know them by different names. They've been around right. forever. They're just, you know, everything old is new again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I, I, um, I really appreciate that. So just three great hits, you know, REST APIs, what's going on with open source out there, DevOps, CICD, pipeline, agile development. So now we are on to our one incredible thing, you guys. Here is Scott's one incredible thing. Scott.
1: My incredible thing is Toastmasters. I've joined Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a huge international organization, mm-hmm. but it's made up of lots of tiny little clubs that have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 20 people or less that are in all over the world. Yeah. You can join one in your area, or a lot of them now are, are run over Zoom. So you could join one remote if you want to. And the idea is you learn leadership and public speaking type skills. And this is invaluable to being a manager and knowing how to do things like give constructive criticism to your employees or run a meeting efficiently Mm -hmm. or being able to be a leader and make speeches because we're all going to it's not just you know politicians and so forth or actors that have to get up and, and speak in front of people right we all are going to have to do this at times where we have to make deliver reports to our company or tell our department what we learned about something we're we're always going to have to do those things. Right. And I'm just blown away by how much value you can get out of Toastmasters. It costs nearly nothing. And you get to learn these skills with just a small group of people. You get to know them real well because it's this it's your club and you meet with the same people all the time and you get to practice these skills and get good at them with people who really want to support you. Mm-hmm. And who really want to help you. And of course they want you to help them do the same thing. And they, you know, they're like friends. So you don't have to worry about being intimidated or messing up because it's not your actual job. It's just a group (laughs) of people trying to learn this stuff and get good at this stuff. So I've just been blown away by how much that helps people. And I highly, highly recommend it. If you have any interest in, in this, please either look up Toastmasters or feel free to reach out to me. I could have people as as a guest <clears> member come to my meetings over Zoom and you could, you could join and just see what it's like. Yeah. So I definitely, uh, if this sounds interesting to you at all, reach out to me or look up Toastmasters.org and check it out.
0: Perfect. And they have been around for years. I mean, not a new organization at all. You know, they've been doing it for a very long time.
1: They're celebrating their 70th anniversary.
0: Can you believe that? 70 years. Wow. That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that, Scott. Toastmasters, everybody, is Scott's one incredible thing this week. So my one incredible thing, I like to always talk about food or pizza. I mean, food (laughs) or beverages of some sort. Um, but you know what? It's pizza this week. I am my one incredible thing is a squash pizza from Pizza Luce right here in town. It is like a fall favorite of mine, and it just released the the other day. And we went to go get a a, a you know one of these squash with bacon and cheese, you know, pizzas last night. And it was packed. So I, I didn't get one last night, but I am hopeful to get there this weekend and get a squash pizza from Pizza Luce, everybody. That is my one incredible thing this week. So
1: All right, now I want chicken nuggets and pizza.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. So, well, thank you so much, Scott for coming on the show and talking about some really great subjects and sharing your information. Again, helping to educate the masses. I I am so thrilled that you were here today. I cannot wait to have you back on the show and hopefully have you back on the show as a guest host and hopefully a guest again talking about you know some really amazing things. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Peg. It was a pleasure to be here. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, we will see you on the show, everybody. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Empower Technology is your go to resource for learning ILERPG, RDI, SQL, and all things IBM I. These online, self-paced, instructor-led courses take a developer with little or no IBMi experience to an elevated level of knowledge in a very short time frame. Their courses include IBMi Concepts and Operations, Programming in ILE and RPG, RDI and Modular Programming, SQL Queries Workshops. You can check out their website for more information on all of these great courses. I have the link in the show notes as well. Common is the leading association serving the IBMI community. They provide leading education, advocacy, and networking opportunities for members to enhance their careers. Check out the website for upcoming events, volunteer opportunities, and membership information. Mid-range Dynamics is your one-stop shop for accelerating change and integration on IBM i. Their products include MD Change for control and automation for DevOps, MD Workflow orchestrates and integrates CICD pipelines, MD Rapid reduces database downtime from hours to minutes, and MD rest for i your all-in-one REST API solution. Head over to their website for more information or to schedule a demo. You'll find the link in the show notes.